everyone. Welcome back to Blurred Box. I'm Chloe. I'm Haven. I'm Pooja. I'm Sophie. And this is our podcast where four online students in four different places around the world from Stanford University's online high school come together every week to discuss a variety of topics ranging from world events to our lives in an online school and invite guests to take part in our discussions and share their views. Um, And as an extension from last week's episode where we cover gender equality and a lot of the inequality with women, today we're going to be flipping it over to gender equality for men, and specifically the topic of toxic masculinity. So here with us today, and for the first time on this podcast, we have a special guest, um, Andras Zoilomi. Yeah, hi. Um, Do you want me to introduce myself? Should I just go through the whole Yeah, go for it. Just tell us a bit about... um... Um, Cool. I'm a junior. I've been at this school for three years, so I started in freshman year. in this school, uh, before I joined, I thought I was very STEM-oriented. Now I'm much more philosophy-oriented, lit-oriented. Um, outside of the school, I'm a musician. I played piano since I was four. Um, I play guitar, the drums, sing, do a lot. And I'm also a varsity swim captain. So I do that as well in my spare time. And that's basically everything. It takes up a lot of time. Oh, uh, cool. I love nice. equal rights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Um, And within society today, I think your profile is actually quite similar to, I guess, a lot of the, um, maybe not similar, but some parts of it kind of fit into like the similar stereotypes that within society today, there are a lot of traditional kinds that men and boys are expected to live up to, right, or fit into to a certain degree. And I guess before we go any deeper into that, have you ever felt yourself that you've felt that, that you've kind of had to live up to a certain stereotype or that you've had to live up to a certain expectation? Interesting. So the question is if I feel like I'm classified in a stereotype, if I feel like I'm categorized. In yeah. Sense. I mean, yeah, to an extent, I feel, like, that from I feel like we all are yeah. um, in an extent. Uh, you know, the, the label varsity swim captain does wonders in terms of college applications, but then mm. you start talking to people and you get the whole jock relationship thing, which isn't true. Mm. Um, but other than that, really, I, I don't think anything severe, nothing that impacts how I think really. Sure. And do you think that maybe you've had that kind of expected from others in terms of perhaps parents or coaches or friends, even that you've had to hold up a certain kind of image to fit that in society? I don't think it's so much for society. Being a captain of the team, I have to hold up a certain image to make sure people listen. Um, but other than that, it's not really, there's no pressure. It's a very welcoming environment. I think I'm lucky to have that because I'm not sure it's the case everywhere. Um, sure, yeah. But it's a very small team. Uh, well, not very small, but it's a small comparatively team to like California schools. So it's much more tight knit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, I agree with what you said. With a lot of people, it's not necessarily the same situation. Um, And I guess for that in general, a lot of Americans in today's society still believe that, you know, men should be the main source of income and the providers for the family, that uh, males should also be the stronger sex or they should get more respect for having sex and that men should never show their feelings to their friends, things like that. So I guess, do you agree with these statements, first of all? Oh, do I classify myself in these statements? No, I think I'm going to be the stay-at-home dad, which kind of goes <laughs> against all of these stereotypes. Um, 
if do I believe they exist? This idea of toxic masculinity. I think it's true to an extent. Um, I am personally not encumbered by it as much as other people. I think so. Um, I may not be the, the the model for it, but I still think it does exist. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, just from talking to my own family, um, I think it's great, Andras, that you don't feel that. Um, but I know that there was a period um, between my parents where um, my mom was a lawyer. Um, and my dad was a college professor, so she was making more income than him. Um, and this was um, when they just started a family, too. So my older two sisters, and they were kind of figuring out how that would work. Um, and it was difficult for my dad to overcome that. Um, not because he wasn't very proud, you know, of my mom for making that contribution to the family, but because he felt like it was the only thing that he could provide to the family um at that time um because he wasn't really sure that he had you know like the capacity for like emotionally caring for the family you know the same way that my mom would so that was kind of like a stereotype that has since left his mind um but that's what i think of when I think, like as far as family structured like you mentioned um i think that definitely has existed and probably still does exist to a large extent um you know expecting meant to be the breadwinner you know, or, uh, to work all day and kind of not only does it keep the women in the house but it also deprives the men of to an extent of time with the family which obviously isn't only something that women enjoy yeah, yeah sure yeah I mean um, I guess Andres do you think that this stems from or what do you think it stems from um, a lot of it in terms of, I guess, I don't know, insecurity or whether it's um, something else. I don't know what we've talked about before, kind of with, I guess, gender equality in general, is that w what we're talking about is that with women's rights and such, um, the improvement was and the whole goal of it, right, was to get equality. It was ne not necessarily I think it was like um, the main topic of women aren't trying to overrun or trying to surpass men in any extent, but it's trying to be equal. And then men are kind right, of intimidated yeah. by that. They don't want, or they, they think of it in a different way or perceive it and differently. And misinterpret it, yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. Right, right, yeah. I think there's also something to be said for some of the movements that label themselves under feminist movements that I've seen that aren't really feminist Yeah, movements. like fringe. These, these movements for wage inequality in favor of women, right? Mm. There are a couple like that. Um, not many at all, but still, they give, they give it a bad rep for sure. I think the whole concept of um, toxic masculinity, as you define it, right, comes from just historical trends. Because previously, what, what gave somebody worth was their ability to contribute in the like, best possible way. And with older societies, that was dependent on what contribution means. It's always dependent on what contribution means. But you know, previously it meant if you could hunt, you were one of the most valuable members of society, mm -hmm. right? And men could hunt, so they took on that role of, of being quote unquote more valuable. And then now as it sort of changes, uh, there's a lot of different conceptions about this and I, it's definitely changing completely. I mean, Haven's family is a good example, her mom being the breadwinner to start. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. I don't know what you guys think. No, yeah. My family, I guess, did not disclose too many personal details. Um, it works in the sense that um, I guess it also has to do with environment and also to do with where you're from. It differs nationally, obviously. Um, and like we've mentioned, I'm all the way on the other side of the world. So I'm in the Asia region. Um, 
the function of my family is more that my dad is more of the breadwinner, but that does not necessarily mean that my mom is any um, lesser or that her pay is any mm-hmm. less significant, right? But the, the thing is that it does still play a role or in terms of um, psychologically and underlying in a certain certain way when um, there's family interactions. I think that you can see that not um, not blatantly, but it's there still as like a subtle kind of factor. And I think that exists for a lot of people, or if not a lot of people, I think that's generally, I think that's everyone. You can classify that to everyone. I'm not sure what it's like for you guys, but you can go into that. I mean, like Sophie Puja, how's that for you? Yeah, it's kind of similar. I mean, a little bit similar for me, but I think the main thing is that um, we talked about this in the last episode, but women tend to be the main caretakers I guess so um, they take care of the family and so especially if you have like kids then the mother is usually the person who stays home with the kids and takes care of them Um, so for me both of my parents are doctors so um, job wise the income is pretty um, equal but I do think that women even in medicine are still paid less or unequally um, compared to unequally compared to men so I think it's also interesting just to see, like, I don't know what your opinions are on this, but to see how that changes between older generations and younger generations, yeah. like the idea of female or woman empowerment. Because as Haven said, um, with her mom and dad kind of trying to balance that power dynamic, I wonder if that's the same for um, Andras, considering that he's not as I don't know focused on being the main breadwinner when he gets older right well I can actually talk a little bit about my family um not to be disclosed too much personal yeah um but my family we we hail from Europe right so my mom and my dad are both from Romania Transylvania and they came here with like $500 in a dream right so we come from very relatively poor origins um because they came here with literally nothing um, so they built it up. They, they're both doctors. Uh, my dad's an anesthesiologist and my mother is an infectious diseases specialist. Um, my dad is paid more than my mom. Um, he works longer hours. He has a more grueling job because he's running everywhere instead of sitting down with patients um, and, you know, jumping into different ORs. But the point to be made is that he, even though he does get paid more, um, arguably he works more, right? So I don't think mm-hmm. that the same... Um, problem that Pooja was mentioning, you know, between male and female doctors is present in my family as much, or if it's noticeable. Um, Because sure, my dad brings in more money, but it's because he puts in more time, right? And I don't think, I don't know what the statistics look like. I think it's, Um, I think it's an interesting thought. It's important to also go back, Andras, like what you were mentioning earlier is that it goes back to like what we define like contributing to mean. And in this case, I think we've gotten kind of looped into thinking about it exclusively in terms of economics and in terms of, you know, like, is the family equal, like for a family to be equal, both parents have to have an income and both parents have to be, you know, bringing in one. Um, And I don't think that's, you know, necessarily the case. I think we do have to keep in mind that, um, you know, a housewife or house husband or whatever is still um, totally valid and could still definitely be an equal household. No, yeah, I like what you said, Haven. So for me, 
So my dad is the breadwinner and my mom is a stay-at-home mom. But the reason why it was like that is because we made a decision as a family to homeschool and um, just how it worked, we needed a parent to stay at home. And at that time, my dad was had the more income because he is an entrepreneur, so he made his own business. And it was at a stage where it was starting to take off. So my mom decided to be the one to stay at home and take care of my brother and myself while she homeschooled us. So, but it doesn't diminish her worth in any way. Actually, we have a pretty like equal standard because as a homeschool mom, she handled so much work, so much of our education and so much all of that. So it's like pretty equal in standard in our family. However, as um, a quote unquote housewife, people think it was like, just how it was because society thinks the male should be a breadwinner, but no, we have both equal worth. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's I have a weird that, situation in my family that like um, men, if they do choose to be like stay at home dads, definitely is viewed by some other men as like an emasculating like career or life. Um, so it's interesting that it like I don't really see that from women. You know, women see stay at home dad and they're like, oh my god. He loves kids, you know, and, and they're all over it. Um, but the reactions I've seen from other men are like, oh, like, I can't believe she got you, like, trapped in the house or stuff like that. Um, I don't know. No, yeah. That's a distinction you guys have noticed, but. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Like, that stigma still seems to float around a bit about um, men being the main right. breadwinners and the people who are bringing home the money. And so I think by other males at least right now I don't know how that will be in a couple years from now or decades from now but at least right now it seems that men are still perceived as the people bringing home the most money or the most income and I think like you said Haven it shouldn't be economically based like we shouldn't be focusing on the economic side as much because there are other parts to take into account but it seems like in today's society we do focus more on the money than yeah, there's actually one thing that I want to, I'm interested to see uh, what your response is, Andrash. Um, I have a list of words that kind that stereotypically are supposed to fit into the man box, <laughs> or whatever Ooh. you want to call it. I'm interested to see what words you come up with, and how many correlate with what I have here. Oh, interesting. So you want me to, on the spot, come up with some man words? Yeah, I feel like let's see what you come up with. Yeah. The same, same sex I don't know how much I like this. I feel like this is incriminating me. <laughs> um... <laughs> Historically, one word that jumps to mind is alpha, which is okay. really interesting. All right, sure. Um, not, yeah. yeah. I don't like that. Um, I don't like it either, right? But it's just something that comes to mind. Um, sure, yeah. The word breadwinner comes to mind. Um, i thinking of nomadic societies, hunter-gatherers. The right. hunter is mm-hmm. the man and the gatherer is the woman. Um, modern day man box. Is it strange to say muscular? No. I no. Think... That's actually one of the exact words I have down, so I think you're doing pretty good so far. Nice. <laughs> or pretty badly. Yeah, Tarzan-like kind of <laughs> appearance is the general general consensus. I don't is know. Tarzan on there? Oh, okay. Tarzan. Tarzan-like, right, exactly. The rugged man, the rugged 
definition of beauty and no yeah definitely you're hitting them all i'm a bit concerned now (laughs) (laughs) i don't have any more so no i actually i could i mean do you think sorry you can continue i was like do you think these words like have a negative correlation to what a man thinks he should be Hmm. like any negative effects that way i'd be a breadwinner unless you don't want to do that or muscular (laughs) right I don't think they're necessarily Like, do you bad. think just having that idea that this is what a man should be has a negative effect psychologically? Especially to men who are growing up. Right, like men having and to be just muscular the same way women are right to, to live up to that. Right. So right. there's a distinction to be made here, though, in that saying the attributes that I consider, you know, off the top of my head to be related to masculinity doesn't necessarily mean I'm idealizing mm-hmm. them, right? I don't think it necessarily means anything. No, 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 for sure, yeah. Um, right, so I don't think that they have a positive correlation. I don't think that everybody sees a muscular man and says, that's exactly what I, I want to be. Mm-hmm. They see Tarzan and I want to, like, not everybody wants to be Tarzan, right? Um, I, want, I might, I might want to be the pot-bellied stay-at-home dad. You know, it's, it's not a bad thing. Um, it just, it's just interesting. But yeah, I don't think there is a necessarily a, a positive correlation for negative effects, uh, or not as strongly as you might think. Yeah, you know, to me, the what jumps out actually is that the first impression that you've come up with was Tarzan, for an example, right? And one of the things that I think in society today, a lot of our influences from media, I don't think that mm-hmm. sh- can really be disputed. Um, and one of the interesting examples I've come up with was um, Disney movies. If you look at Disney movies, they have a lot of stereotypical influence on not just the women, right? I, I think that's the main one that most people come up with, right? If you look at like um, Ariel or, or with um, Cinderella or Belle or all those people. Like Sleeping the, Beauty. <laughs> sleep, exactly. Stuff. The way that they're drawn or the way that they, I mean, if you look at the, the beginning um the beginning cartoons where they still had to be like painted and yeah did they have to be painted i'm pretty sure they were like drawn and stuff yeah right yeah exactly or it was snow white right um they have to look they look a certain way and there you can look at there's a lot of like analysis videos on how these characters are drawn in a certain way to fit that and i'm not sure whether that's intentional but whether that's intentional or not that's just a fact looking at it towards the men's side it's actually the same thing because if you look at it, if you look at um, what is it, Prince Eric, I think that's what it is from Ariel. Um, there's yeah. also the prince from like what Andra said, the hunter, right? That's also from Aurora, mm-hmm. or was it Sleeping Beauty? <laughs> same thing. Um, and same. then if you look yeah. at you look at the the prince from Cinderella. Um, not sh- too sure about him, I forget. But you know, the just the stereotypical stuff from uh, how they're drawn to and the way that their characters are kind of built up, right? The then, yeah, keep going. Yeah, and then the whole like knight in shining armor stereotype—it's just so embedded in these early, yeah, it's so embedded in these early <laughs> Disney movies. It's and it's just—I feel like it could have an effect to male teens who are growing up, or not just teens in general. It just starts from a young age, the and thing I think that always bothered me. It makes them when I was watching those movies was. Like, I understood, you know, the whole knight in shining armor thing. That was totally fine. It was like, okay, he gets a chance to, like, be a hero, whatever. And Because they also usually, you know, they throw the woman a bone. And they're like, okay, she has one moment, though, where she, like, you know, 
saves him from falling off a cliff or something. And they're like, okay, that kind of balances the scales. Now we can say that they both saved each other. But the difference that always bothered me was that the woman was like not ever expected or obligated to do that. Um, but it was always kind of like the prince's job or his sole role in that movie to save her. So when he saved him, yeah, yeah, it was that's like definitely, definitely like, balancing yeah. the scales, but it was never her that's role. A trend. Yeah. yeah, damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like plot depth instead yeah, exactly. of actual intention. That's exactly. interesting. Mary Sue's. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, I, I know that that has a pretty straightforward, I think, implication for like girls growing up. Um, where we're not expected to stand up for ourselves or even stand up for other people, which I think is really scary because I think we should all be expected to do that. Um, but I oh, yeah, that. you know, in the movie Cinderella, you know, the movie Cinderella, like the one of the main messages, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but the main thing that kind of I remember taking away from that is that her she was like crying in a scene or something. And I think that's not just in the did you guys see the real in action mm-hmm. film? They're starting to do no, those. No, I have not. The no. live action, I have not seen the mm-hmm. Cinderella. Oh, I yeah. have. Oh, I have. So neither so of you seen it. Yeah, I love the live. Oh. Action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for yeah. that movie, and I think also with um the cartoon version, the main takeaway was like be kind, right? Or a lot of the, that message of um let let life or something do do it do it for you if you be kind and stuff like that which is not always the case because there is times where you have to be like yo hello <laughs> um i need to take charge and like there's right. a fine line between the being kind and still being morally to yourself and being genuine and good but also taking right. initiative and being um you know authoritative in a certain sense that you need to be in this society yeah. it's a cold world in a you know in a cheesy way to right. put it and you need to there's certain things that need to be done if you want to yeah. get ahead in life i think princess um, and the frog got really close yeah to, um being really good with that right because tiana's whole character trait is being hard working and you know um right yeah showing that initiative. yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Andres, I guess, of inclusion. Your... there was a lot of inclusion yeah. in that movie princess and the frog uh, as this, as yeah, the there was. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, for me, like things you didn't see in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. For me, <laughs> sorry, full disclosure, I, I didn't really grow up watching these things because there was a bit of a language barrier um, oh. for me growing oh. up. So I didn't really understand. The takeaway for me from Cinderella was that foot size matters. <laughs> like that's that's what we're talking about, right? So it, it's kind of different. Um, <laughs> but I think it's interesting to think about these marketed male stereotypes. Because I don't think the, like, I think the males are more marketed and the females are more, like, um, like Haven were suggesting, like, like plot depth, which is problematic, mm-hmm. right? The, the development of the female characters in terms of, like, protection mm-hmm. of other people or in terms of demonstrating positive characteristics is just for their plot depth. Whereas marketing Tarzan, we want to sell loincloths, right? right? That sort of thing. Right. Uh, which is really interesting to me because I'm not, like, mm-hmm. there's, on the one hand, it's, like, for consumer, from a consumer standpoint, it's just appealing, Right. right, seeing a guy with APAC abs, like everybody <laughs> liked that, right? And then on the other hand, it's like, is it really healthy? Is it is it useful? Is it that good of a marketing tactic? Obviously, it is because it works. Yeah, um, it's just interesting to think about. I yeah, don't know you guys... I think it's interesting also the way that products are marketed to the gender specifically. Like it also follows that same trend. Like boys happy What's meals. That? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
like boys happy yeah meals exactly versus girls happy. I wonder, that's actually I a good point that's a i good would point, always huh? get the boys happy yes, meal. that is like a good point your dragon figure i don't know if any of you had the same thing yeah like, are you a boy or a girl and my mom kept saying like girl and they would give me a barbie or something and it would ruin my whole day <laughs> yeah or like, i want the hot wheels car yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good example i was yeah for women they're like how about this candle or soap that will smell good? And for men, they're like, how about this candle that smells like a dumpster? Because that's what men like, you know? And Or, or like, you've been in the woods for 10 months. I think that's a bit of an exaggeration. Uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I see where you're <laughs> going. Like, the ones that smell like wood smoke or something. Yeah, that's but not there really are good. Yeah, it smells more like, like a man's like... musk. And they're targeted for men. Okay, that's just yeah. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you actually want to go into that realm of the topic, um, look at perfume. Look at uh, cologne. No, what cologne do you smell that's fruity <laughs> and nice and sweet? Right, no coconut cologne. Uh, fruity colognes, excuse <laughs> I don't know. I guess th- that's one of the things that um, that I found in terms of when we were doing like Christmas shopping or something like that. And then um, there's this distinction between just in smell on its own, right? Um there was Christmas shopping mm-hmm. and I saw this couple or something or overheard <laughs> eavesdropping. They're, they're mm-hmm. like, they're shopping for like a certain perfume in this store, right? And um, the man was smelling this stuff and then woman was like, oh no, I think this is actually for a woman. Let's put it away. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't know how how, how yeah. you guys might feel about that, it right? Smells- I don't know, Andres, would you mind wearing, wearing a oh. perfume that smells like daisies like and tulips? You might. Well, I, don't I don't know if I, if I like the smell, then yeah, right. <laughs> well, it sort of has to match the occasion, um, right? Sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw it away just because it's it's you know designed for females, quote unquote. Right? I don't do that. Something um, yeah. smell bad. Maybe because of how I was raised. Yeah. Right. I guess just the difference between a girly scent and a manly scent is kind yeah. of a big di- uh, distinction between females and males and even like scent is kind of a big no, way yeah. to distinguish yeah i guess that comes into play too. yeah i was gonna say it's bold of you guys to assume that i wear males <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> I think, well it's i mean <laughs> that i see a lot more like um soap and like well-being like self-care products um sold to women or marketed to women than to men um you know like anytime you see like a bath or you know a bath bomb or like uh, and you know something to use for like self-care cleaning yourself they definitely try to target it to women because that's their target audience and I've always found that interesting that kind of in our last podcast we talked a little bit about how women are expected to look very well put together and like look pretty and look like you know well composed at all times um, or at least to make a solid first impression on someone um, Andrash, I don't know if you feel that um, I don't know you know if this is a really clear cut question, but because um, I know that you know it's everyone cares. Really. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is it like okay, how they, how so? How much it, but... do you care about my? Yeah, appearance? like do you feel like you care about your appearance every time you walk out the door. Yeah, do you feel pressured like, to hold like a certain standard, or do you feel way more so relaxed? This might might not be like okay. a great representation, but very funny i'm just uh, anticipating him to say hey i like bath bombs too well i've never actually i've never actually used one <laughs> yeah um, well same so yeah oh, i forgot what i was gonna say um 
I think actually to add on to what we were discussing further before, right before we got into um, the whole stereotypical kind of image of the men and women and promotion actually, and how that fits into, you know, that goes into business. So that tells you actually how much that these things are deep seated into not just um, society, but like politics and all this stuff like that. Um, That's, I think probably actually quite obvious and we've just taken it to a magnified scope. Um, so we talked about that man box and I think Andres did a good well of specifying most of them. But um, I'm curious to see what you think of the ones outside. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What do you think of the ones outside of it? What are words that come to mind outside of that box? Interesting. Nice question. Um, I don't know if there are any because it depends on everybody's individual perception of what a man box is. For mine, let me think. Or I guess in general, the kind that you were describing with rugged and muscular alpha with that same box, what would you classify? And obviously we know it's not coming from you, but just stereotypically the ones outside that that there is none. Because I think there's definitely an element of, you know, I think most women would say there are things can and can't be. Um, But it'd also be interesting if you feel that way. It's interesting. I would say that dainty isn't included in that box but that does not mean that dainty is included in the female box maybe it's in no man's land right maybe in an ideal world no well in an ideal world we don't have boxes um but mm-hmm. yeah i'm actually interested what do you mean by dainty because i feel like your whole worldview is now surrounded by that <laughs> your what your the way you said earlier about takeaway of cinderella was the foot size and now you're talking about dainty I'm right. like, well, how much of these really influenced you so in terms of like oh yeah dainty i'm actually referring probably mostly the size um which which again may be very different because i didn't have a, a similar childhood to, to a lot of people um yeah yours was influenced by feet size <laughs> yeah exactly right making it sound like i have a fetish um yeah actually there was going um going back really interestingly um i was thinking about what um, you guys said that on your last podcast, you talked about the standards that, of which, you know, women are supposed to, mm-hmm. to achieve, right? You're supposed to look a certain right, yeah. way, dress a certain way, act a certain way. And so I think makeup falls into that category. But interestingly enough, and I'm wondering what you guys think about this, um, a lot of guys consider it an unfair advantage yeah. that girls have. That, you know, guys are, they only have clothes to make themselves look good. And they only have hair gel where girls have foundation, mascara, all of these different tools to increase like their positively influence their perception so guys are like oh well you know you guys are judging us because we don't look that great but we don't have makeup like you know it's like Mm. i wonder what you guys think i throw it back to what do you do actually yeah you don't wear makeup yeah well i don't wear makeup um (laughs) (laughs) now's a good time one of the most um quote unquote masculine guys i know my friend max andros you know him um used to wear like concealer or like foundation um for a while and he might still like I don't know um I don't really notice anymore um but he definitely wore that um because I I think I talked to him about it one day and he was like I mean if girls can do it like why can't I you know no one ever really notices like um I just happen to see it um right (laughs) see Max is smart Hmm. I know Max Max is smart being very in touch with like the quote unquote jock culture of New Mexico, being the varsity swimmer and being a captain and everything, having to deal with this stuff, that would not be tolerated. 
per se, right? Not that I would. So be if the you one were to put right, right, yeah, it just it would just be ground down in an instant because it's not like cool in that sense. Which mm, is right, right. What I see that actually in society for I don't know about the rest of the world because actually what I see in terms of online in America is that nail seeing men wear nail polish is now becoming like a TikTok. bit more, more like, normal. Yeah, more normal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but um, e boy, <laughs> e boy, right? Yeah, I see them doing that. Is that something like to fit in with what you what you were saying, Adresh, about what what's tolerated, what's not, and where you stand? Um, right. Where does that come in? So that's an online trend, I feel like. And I feel like I'm in an interesting position because I think even though I've been in online school for three years, I still have a lot of ties to the more not homeschool related things like public school jock, like the jock culture, as I was saying. Right. So yeah, I don't think I it translates. So. Yeah. I, I don't think that translates whatsoever. Um, there are some interesting, like, you know, there are interesting ways in which sexuality is being dealt with in the jock culture of new mexico at least with what i've been exposed to um but Mm. the whole nail polish slash um even like drag dressing those sort of those sorts of things isn't really translating as much from the online topics like um it's kind of problematic um, just from my personal experience right um sexuality is actually really really advanced here like there's no discrimination Mm at all like on the on the teams here um uh haven knows one of my good friends trey who is he's definitely one of the jock stereotypes right um but he's very inclusive and he makes an active effort to include those people so they never feel you know there's this conception that if you join a varsity team and you're gay you're gonna get bullied right because that's what it right. was like but now it's just you join our team it, it doesn't matter right we go to really great lengths to make sure that you feel included um, and not even singling you out, not even making you special, right? But just making you feel like part of something that doesn't, you know, we don't change our perception of you just because you, because of your sexuality, which is really interesting. Yeah. So I think that's really advanced yeah. in New Mexico. But the whole, the, the, yeah. phys- the actual appearance in terms of like makeup and um, that sort of thing is I think not transferring. In terms of that's sexuality, actually, I think yeah. it's also worth yeah. noting that, um, for instance, like for people who are bisexual, um, women are, like bisexual women are, um largely like more respected or they tend to um come out more um than bisexual men um because it's still like um there's still more prejudice against um and I'm talking from like statistics like I I haven't seen like discrimination on either side because I live in a very like progressive place um but from what Mm -hmm. I've read and from what I've seen um is that you know bisexual men face a lot more discrimination based on their sexuality because they're still expected to you know uphold that standard of like straight sexuality too because that goes back to you know what we were talking about with like caveman you know um uh you know history and what we're supposed to do is hunt and gather right and like reproduce and so that goes back to like what the man's actual purpose is and um you know for women it, it people you know like men tend to accept it more right they're like okay whatever um yeah one thing i think that ties into that yeah one thing that i think ties into that and i guess as as our way of uh wrapping up conversation let's end on the note of chivalry right chivalry is something that it has existed for a long time for 
like uh the man to open up the door for the woman right um carry to, bags. you know um i don't know all those things that right exactly carry suitcase <laughs> that we talked about was a big thing in our last oh. episode um my question to you Andras, is when do you think chivalry is no longer chivalrous um or even for Hayden well, as well right i don't think i open the door for someone just because they're a woman um, I don't do that. I open the door for someone because they're a person because they look like they could use the door open in front of them, right? Yeah. Um, same thing for going for a suitcase. If someone looks like they're struggling or something, I'll help them. So I, I was also raised relatively progressive because my parents are, you know, talking to other people, um, it seems like my parents are much more open-minded than a lot of parents, a lot of people from the previous generation. Um, they're you know, what I would consider to be incredibly progressive. So again, I don't know if I have the same, um, the same mindset as a lot of other people in my area, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I could chime in. Uh, when, yeah. I'd love to um, hear from I, what you think. I think that my judgment is definitely very clouded because we cl- talked last time, right. About just being super defensive. Um, Andras has seen this. He's tried to hold bags before, you know, and I like, need to hold them to feel like useful you know or feel like I'm I'm carrying my weight um and I don't think that's entirely rational because I, I do understand that like chivalry isn't actually a gendered thing um or I don't think it should be um I think chivalry should just be like taking care of the weak um or the people who need help you know in that circumstance and I think it's kind of reflective of what we consider women to be when we think about chivalry in terms of like men helping women. Um, I think that I can be chivalrous too. Um, even though people don't, again, right. they don't expect me to be because they don't expect right. me to be in a position of power where I can help someone who's weak. Um, so I'd argue that chivalry is really close to just being like a kind person. Um, but definitely when that seems to come from a place of helping me, not because I can't open the door or because, you know, I'm clearly struggling, but they see me and they notice I'm a woman and they say she needs my help because mm-hmm. of that, because she's inherently going to struggle more. Um, that's when it's no longer chivalrous. And mm-hmm. you definitely can't tell that. Like when someone opens the door for me, I don't know if that's because they're a nice person or because they're like, oh, like she'll need more help than the man who is walking in behind me or something. Um, so I don't know how practical it is to like yeah. get offended at, you know, everyday chivalrous acts. I'll still say thank you and everything um and keep in mind that you know 99 percent of the time i think people are just being kind um but i don't know it's hard to tell right i think that's yeah, yeah. that's really interesting um the idea of chivalry coming from kindness is interesting because it implies that they're two distinct things um somehow but i don't think they are mm-hmm. right? i think that's what you were sort of talking about um and i think that comes from or you could say that that comes from the idea where previously, where women were, you know, definitely considered inferior men, they, you know, being friends with a woman as a man was much, very different from being friends with another man as a man. It was considered progressive or it was laughed at, right? And right. so they came up with, you know, maybe they came up with a different word to describe that relationship, to describe opening right. the door for a woman. It's not being nice to them because that's the, that's the jovial relationship you share with other men. It's being right. chivalrous. It's, it's going out of your way to help somebody in need, right? Sort of helping it fit in with the times. Um, and as we see that, you know, the definition of what it means to be a man, we talked about that how these needs change over time. 
the the line between chivalry and kindness sort of sort of mm-hmm. starts to melt, right? Um, I think that's really. I guess yeah. With the, I'll give you another example. Maybe with not in the terms of helping. Then right, sitting at a table and having a meal, right? If you go on a like, even if um, okay, let's say for chivalry in terms of the romantic sense, um, if you're paying for someone's meal, right? Or even if you um do something else along those lines, right? You go out for a movie and you pay for that instead. What do you think on that? Then is is, is that chivalrous or or even on the girl's perspective? I'm I'm curious as to what you guys think is ter- in terms of. Do you feel indignant in in terms of like I need, I'm going to pay my own kind of thing because I can I like to pay. <laughs> I don't see the difference between um... chivalry and kindness <laughs> as a man. Uh, I yeah same. For that it's for me it's actually not at all chivalrous. I think it's more culture for me. It has a lot of culture influence. I think both maybe just culturally men are just expected to pay or but also for me as a daisy, um, or I guess other cultures also experience the same things where we are just trying to like be the one to pay because mm-hmm. we think this is kind and this is a nice thing to do and this is what we're doing to respect other people so maybe that kind of idea of respect also comes into chivalry yeah. respecting maybe. your with um although i think it, it definitely is true mm-hmm. that um i know for all of us saying that you know chivalry and everything is like just being kind to us and just being respectful um i definitely have experience like um again like one of my um closest friends um has said like just little off things right if he'll pay for something he's like oh you know uh, take care of the lady or something like that and even if he doesn't really mean that mm-hmm. that rubs me the wrong way a lot um because i can take yeah. care of myself you know um or even if i couldn't i don't i don't want you know uh you know paying three dollar pity money for my croissant you know yeah 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 but i guess it also ties back into expectation maybe if the man doesn't pay he feels like he's not you know doing what is a man should or he's not respecting or is like a pretty like direct way of saying that this is not a kind gesture i'm not respecting you because it's just so ingrained in our society so i don't think we should be really offended from chivalry, but yeah, it just I depends on context. Should, yeah, I think it's I also know if someone's paying me or you know, right, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's, if I don't know if it's good to have that sort of vendetta because if the guy's just being nice, right? If we remove gender from this, right? If the other person's just being nice and then you have this sudden need to pay for everything yourself, it's kind of like a middle finger move almost, right? If you have a vendetta <laughs> against this, uh, so I don't know mm-hmm. what the right decision, I don't know what the right choice is, but I don't know if being so polar is is yeah. is productive either right right it's, it's I a hard yeah. it's a hard topic. it's hard to keep separating yeah. that yeah so i guess would you do you feel that you have that i guess like sophie was kind of saying that society has this um uh expectation of the the guy to to do so do you feel that you've had to be expected to do that or anything i feel like a good person is expected to do these things regardless of the sex of the mm-hmm. other person um I personally don't feel pushed by society to open doors for women over men. Um, mm-hmm. Not at all. I just open doors for everybody. Um, but I think it might exist in places that are much um, less neutral in terms of these things. Because New Mexico, I feel like, is a relatively neutral place. Um, 
right. but you know places that lean on either side of the spectrum of you know either very liberal or or not not even liberal versus conservative is the wrong just um very aged perspective age perspective versus very contemporary perspectives yeah that that tends to be problematic there right so um, I, I think it does really exist i just don't feel a specific that. memory sure. of going out to dinner with a few people and it was like three girls including myself and one guy and we were all heading on the way out through the door and the girl goes first and she holds the door open for the next person second girl goes out she holds the door open for that this other guy walks out and he doesn't catch the door so I'm walking behind him expecting him to keep it open and the door slams in my face and I walk out and everyone's like dude what are you doing why do you do that and he's like what I'm a feminist and he keeps walking away (laughs) Um, and I, I think about that in, wow. in terms of, you know, chivalry and holding the door open and stuff. I'm like, well, that would have just been, being a nice person in that case. But, um, it's interesting. Hmm. Funny. Right. Yeah. But if you held the door open, would you have felt attacked? I don't know. That's the question. Because then there's know. no right answer, right? I'll he opens know. the door. He doesn't open the door. See, yeah, I, I won't know the male perspective and I just will never know that. But for me, when I hold door op- the door open for people, I, it makes me feel good as a person. It's like I'm doing my small acts of kindness. So I feel like maybe I wonder if it reflects the same way as a man, because like as a woman, we're not really expected to do this thing. So when I do it, it feels more like a big I personally kind of gesture. I wonder if it's the same thing for a I male. I hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I would kind of agree. I would. Be, I'm, I think I'm a bit more like Andresha, but just as a girl, I, I hold the door for everyone. Um, what doesn't matter whether you're like a two month old baby who can barely walk to um, to a woman who's like freely able to open the door. But I just have this thing where I'm like, well, I'm gonna hold it if I can, just to be. I don't know if that's ingrained in me, but um, yeah, I guess before we wrap up, Andresh, is there, I guess we've talked about, uh, we've covered a lot. We've talked about um, the toxic masculinity, a lot of that, and I guess where that kind of stemmed from, as well as um, when is this thing called chivalry no longer chivalrous? Is there anything that you'd like to add further before we end um, on toxic masculinity and maybe your thoughts on that or how um, you fit for other boys or men out there movement as a whole you know right yeah exactly right so i don't don't think i think about it consciously Mm -hmm. i don't think i try to fit in um partially because it doesn't really like it's not immediately involved in my house because i'm relatively isolated and the people i talk to are usually just all men um just because Mm -hmm. it's a varsity boys swim team um but going back to chivalry just right before we wrap up um, I think it's also interesting, chivalry also pertains in the opposite direction, and it's a more modern thing. Um, actually, no, maybe it's not. But, like, let me think of an example. Um, if, if a man is holding a baby, right, and the baby needs its diaper changed, and the woman comes right. along and they say, oh, let me help you with that. that that's, that's right. like, the opposite flow direction of chivalry, in which the woman that's is true. like, you, let me help you with that. It's not intending to say, no, you can't do it. It's just, you know, we do this more or right exactly so i don't think it's necessarily one-sided i do agree that chivalry most often corresponds to men doing things for women but you know as things change i don't know if if again if the line between chivalry and kindness breaks down um i don't know what happens but it's interesting to think about. i think the the problem there i don't want to you know keep this on for too long but um the problem there is that again chivalry either way whether it's men holding open doors being the physical you know protector or women 
helping with childcare, you know, changing a diaper, then even if it's a helpful thing, it's actively, you know, um, uh, you know, what's the word? Uh, supporting, I guess. Those, those right, those oh, roles can... for ourselves. So I think that's oh. probably why I'm so um, knee-jerk when it comes to, like, a guy offering to help physically or even, like, we talked to men are expected to be, like, the breadwinners and stuff when they offer to pay. I think that's why it's knee-jerk um, because – I because letting them do that feels like I'm admitting yeah. to them owning those roles. Um, so Celine, mm-hmm. I like yeah. that you created that Thanks. distinction. Here. I really do. Right, that's really why great. we carry our own suitcase. Yeah, and it, it just really affirms the fact that there is societal roles. There is right. Yeah, and it's still apparent. Yeah, I think we could like keep going on this topic, but we've kind of had it. Um, that's all the time we have for today. Um, thank you so much, Andres, for coming yeah, on today. Thank you. Loved it. Thank you guys for listening to us for Blair Box. This is with Chloe, Haven, and Pooja, and Sophie. If you like our show and want to know more about us, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, or please leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to join us next week when we have another special guest on, and we'll be uploading again on Saturday. Thank you guys Bye. for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.